I'm willing to throw it all in there and lay it on the line. I take pride in what I do, you know, I just try to go out and play as hard as I can. CCR 68, July 8th, 2009. This edition of Cat Crave Radio is brought to you by FantasyCPR.com. Fantasy football will kick off soon. Prepare yourself to dominate your league at FantasyCPR.com. Welcome to Cat Crave Radio. There it is! There it is! A show by the fans and for the fans of the Carolina Panthers. You don't think I want the best? You better check your reference. Coming up in this episode... We'll be joined by Matt Bowen of the National Football Post to get his take on the Panthers and John Fox. And we'll get the lowdown on where some Panthers rank in fantasy football when we talk to Joe Dexter of FantasyCPR.com. Now, buckle your chin straps because it's time for kickoff. Here is your host for CCR, John White. Hello, everyone, and welcome into another edition of Cat Crave Radio. Thanks for making us a part of your day. We are there. We've made it to that part of the year between mini camps and training camp when news is hard to come by. And the Panthers have not disappointed. There's been nearly nothing coming out of Charlotte. Maybe no news is good news. The team did announce late last week that they had claimed rookie tight end Andrew Davey off the waiver wire from the New York Jets. He'd recently been cut by the team in the Big Apple. Davey is a former Arkansas Razorback who caught 24 passes for 199 yards in his three seasons in college. He measures 6'6 and 275, but is likely around to attempt to land a practice squad spot since the Panthers already have Jeff King, Dante Rosario, and Gary Barnage under contract. The big news this week came from Nashville. Steve McNair was found shot to death in his condominium home on Saturday morning alongside his girlfriend, Sahil Kazemi. McNair had been shot twice in the head and twice in the chest, while Kazemi died of a single gunshot wound to the head. Her body was found lying on top of a handgun that she had purchased less than two days before the killings. Still, investigators are not ruling this a murder-suicide since they have yet to determine a motive. Police are still also awaiting ballistics tests. Looking back at the 1995 draft, when McNair entered the NFL, The Panthers originally held the first overall pick. This was to be the team's first ever draft. A little cloak and dagger took place when the Panthers sent mock jerseys for Kajana Carter, Kerry Collins, and Steve McNair to New York prior to the draft. Then, when Carolina traded the number one overall pick to Cincinnati, the jig was up. The Bengals took Carter, Houston nabbed McNair with the third pick, and the Panthers took Kerry Collins at number five. Now, should we be dealing with all these what-ifs? Maybe not, but we are human and this is what we do. How would that have changed the franchise? Well, we'll never know. We can question Bill Polian and Dom Capers all day, and that's just not going to get us anywhere. What we can be sure of is that Steve McNair was a solid pro with as much toughness as any player in the league. He shared an MVP award with Peyton Manning in 2003. He was also responsible for one of the greatest drives and greatest finishes in Super Bowl history with that classic drive in Super Bowl 34 versus the Rams that came up a yard short. We continue to get closer and closer to the start of training camp. That, of course, the 1st of August. Players are going to be reporting on the 2nd. The next two weeks might be sort of quiet and could lack a little news out of Panthers headquarters, but there's one thing that will be going on, and that's fantasy football drafts. 
right now to get a bead on how some of our favorite Panthers might stack up in fantasy drafts. Let's bring in Joe Dexter, the editor of FantasyCPR.com. Joe, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, John. I always love to be on Cat Crave. All right, Joe, we're going to talk a little bit of uh, fantasy football, uh, since that's your specialty, of course, and specifically about the Panthers, since this is a Panthers show. Uh, what I want to do is throw you some names or, well, you'll see. We'll, we'll cover different areas here. I will throw some info at you. You give me their ranking as you see them at their specific position. Okay, let's start with the Panthers defense. Well, the Panthers defense, last year they finished 16th in fantasy points, so I'm going to put them right back there in the middle. Not very many changes, but hey, this is a a defense that you might want to draft as a secondary defense, especially if Everett Brown, he can have a good season as a rookie and maybe add more to only the 37 sacks they had in 2009, 14 of them coming from Julius Peppers. All right, Joe, you mentioned Julius Peppers. Uh, Julius, of course, being the big story in the offseason this year in Carolina, Getting him back now, he's signed to his tender. He is now secured for one season at least. With him there, and now the rookie Everett Brown, and all of these guys that they've got up front, um, what do you see from them, from that defense? Do you see How do you see the, the sack number turning out this year? Do you think we are looking at an increase, or are we looking at more or less a leveling off of the number of sacks that this defense can uh, can produce this season? I kind of think that that sack level is going to remain the same because you can't expect Peter Peppers. You hope that he's going to go out there and get 14 sacks, but you can't expect that, and you never know what can happen. When you add a guy like Everett Brown, though, it could increase the numbers. You got It depends on what the defense des- decides to do, but I think a number that could rise is interceptions for, for the Panthers. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the uh, <laughs> the number of interceptions from last year. And the potential for that number increasing. Actually, something that the defense took a real big hit for last year was the number of interceptions and the stone hands that seemed to be uh, pretty evident. Uh, A lot of dropped interceptions during the year last year. But moving on to the offense now, let's, let's, let's give you some specific names. I'll throw you a couple of names from the offense, and you give me your thoughts on them. I'm going to start with an obvious one a guy who should be really, really high on draft boards and has been historically, and that's Steve Smith. Where do you see him among the wide receivers in the league? I'll tell you what, John, this guy is amazing to watch. At five foot nine, he lacks the size of a regular fantasy wide receiver. All the number one guys, they've got that height. But, you know, he had 78 passes for 1,421 yards last year and six touchdowns. You, you shouldn't expect much less from him. Many are projecting about 1,400 yards on the year and 10 touchdowns in 2009. He's falling in the rankings in the middle of the pack, about sixth. Meanwhile, when you look at receivers, he's about the sixth one that's going off the board in mock drafts right now. You look at a great website for free, fftoolbox.com, and they have him sixth as well. He, he struggled a bit, it seemed, at times last year. And maybe that was just the the go to. He was the go to wideout, and sometimes it just plays just didn't fall out. But I think that you got to expect at least ninety passes to him, about fourteen hundred yards. Yeah, to me, it's kind of odd that we see uh, Steve Smith ranked that low at that position, just among wide receivers. Obviously, everybody wants Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, I've even seen some mock drafts. I've seen some rankings where. Fitzgerald is going even in the middle of the first round, which to me is crazy because, I mean, wide receivers, you know, it's normally running backs, but 
let's just take it not necessarily by position or anything, but who are some of the guys you see being ranked or being taken in some of the mock drafts ahead of Steve Smith that you really don't think belong there? Well, you look at some guys. I, I'm not a big Michael Turner fan in 2009. I, we wrote about it a little bit on Fantasy CPR. He's got the 370 rule. He carried the ball more than 370 times. Nobody in the NFL besides LaDainian Tomlinson has had a better production season after carrying 370 yards. He's going really high. He's going higher than Steve Smith. Re- wide receiver-wise, there, there are a couple guys that you got to kind of question that some people might take ahead of Steve Smith, like Anquan Bolden, people like that that are secondary receivers to a guy like Larry Fitzgerald. And Steve Smith is a productive guy, and it's it's impossible to say that he doesn't belong in the top 10 like you mentioned. There's some other guys that you might note, mainly running backs, because when you look at the fantasy football draft, that's always the goal. You might see a guy like Brian Westbrook sneak up ahead of him that might not be there anymore, a guy that's kind of weaning off of his best years. All right, Joe, uh, moving on to running backs, uh, this is something that I find really odd. I mean, last year, the Panthers, as a team, set a franchise record for rushing yardage. They had a guy, D'Angelo Williams, who uh, also set a record, a franchise record for an individual with 1,500 yards rushing, had 20 touchdowns. The guy just had a monster season, even with Jonathan Stewart, the rookie there, uh, splitting carries with him. So what I, what I find really odd is that D'Angelo is, is actually being pushed down some of the draft boards and some of the rankings that I've seen a little bit too low for my taste. Where do you see him ranking among the running backs in, in the fantasy football game this season? Running back-wise, I'm one of those people that might not love him, but I'm not hating him as much as other fantasy experts out there. He's not getting a lot of love, and a lot of it has to do with his production when he when when Jonathan Stewart gets double-digit carries. He only had 932 yards and seven touchdowns in those situations. Now, you're not going to be. It's not going to be a bad thing if you take D'Angelo Williams because simply. Look at the Panthers' offense, 30 rushing touchdowns last year combined with Stewart that we'll talk about a little bit more next week and D'Angelo Williams. One thing that's causing him to fall simply is the fact that they don't think he's an elusive runner. They think that last year might have been a fluke year because if you look at his past, this is this is not my beliefs. So I think that he's going to be right up there. He's going to be a guy that you might want to watch. But the reason I might not take him as high that he's going to go is because of that great year he had last year. Some people in your drafts, they're going to expect possibly to take him high in the first round. If you ask me where I got D'Angelo Williams on my fantasy team last year, I got him in the eighth round. So a lot of people, some that he might not produce as a first-round type talent when you see the other running backs up there, and that's the situation that he's in. Of the 24 running backs who have scored at least 20 touchdowns in the NFL, Emmett Smith, Priest Holmes, Sean Alexander, LaDainian Tomlinson, and Marshall Falk are the only ones who've done it in the next year, and a lot of people don't think that D'Angelo is going to have that production in 2009 and 2010. You know, I find it strange, and and you bring this up about D'Angelo Williams and last year getting him, I think you said, in the eighth round, which, and he did stay on the board last year a lot. I mean, and I was in fantasy football last year in leagues where, you know, he came off the board very late, which really shocked me because I thought the guy was really going to play well. But, okay, maybe we can pin that on John Fox and leaving him on the bench for too long behind Deshaun Foster, but... D'Angelo just exploded onto the fantasy scene last year. Now give me a player that we can look for this year, similar to what D'Angelo did in 08, to just break out in 09. Somebody that you think is a breakout candidate in the NFL in 09. 
Well, I've been talking to a lot of the fantasy experts out there, and a Ben Standick of FFToolbox.com. He really loves the rookie, Noshan Moreno. He thinks that he could come out and be very productive. The Denver Broncos-type offense, it leans towards that, and he's a guy that could really come out there and shock. I don't think it's going to be a D'Angelo Williams-type shot. You look, you look where this guy was draft average. It was about in the 6th, 7th, 8th rounds of drafts last year, and he was the number one produ- productive running back. I don't think you're going to see that production in 2009 from any other team that's maybe a surprise. But there's other guys out there, Kevin Smith. A lot of people are really high on Matt Forte, think he's the number two running back in the draft. I'm not necessarily that way. When you got a guy like Jay Cutler, you're starting to throw the deep, the ball a little bit longer. And Matt Forte, not quite as fast as some people say. He's a great product, don't get me wrong, but he's not worth the second pick in the draft. Well, Joey, really appreciate uh, you taking some time to talk to us this week, covering a little fantasy football specifically about our Panthers. Even if you upset some people in the process, I doubt it. But anyway, we look forward to getting more of your insights next week as we uh, cover a few more players and uh, get some more thoughts from you. But thanks again for being with us, Joe. Hey, John, I can't wait for next week. There's still more to come. Stay with us for more CCR. The Fansided.com Sports Network. You play to win the game. Where diehard fans dish out nonstop news and views on their favorite teams. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Fandom has no offseason. So he sucks you guys right in. So consider yourself sucked. Neither do we. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown them. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Fansided.com. The number one pro sports blog network on the internet. This is your show. Thank you to the fans of the Carolina Panthers for helping us start a revolution. Welcome back to Cat Crave Radio. Joining us now is a man who played in the NFL for seven seasons. He's been a Chicago Sun-Times contributor, written for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, the Washington Times. He is also a regular with the NationalFootballPost.com. Our guest is Matt Bowen. Matt, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me. Matt, I'm going to start you off with the biggest news we've had in this off season, and that's Julius Peppers. As far as we know, anyway, the Julius Peppers saga is over, or do you really think it is over? I think it's over for, for now. I think, you know, you guys got him in camp. Um, you can move forward as a defense and start to play some football. I think that's the most important thing is that now you can focus on playing football. The worst thing you can have as a team is distractions in August. They're terrible. I mean, I've been a part of teams that have had them, and, you know, it, it takes away from the focus of what you're trying to do on the football field, what you're trying to do as a unit defensively. And, it, you know, it, it feeds into the meeting rooms. Guys are talking about it during meetings instead of watching film. It, it just It's just a constant reminder that there's something else going on besides football. And training camp is so crucial in the NFL to to the success of the regular season that you can't have distractions. Now, I'm sure, you know, you guys down there might revisit this again after the season, maybe even during the season. If Peppers is having a great year, does he say, okay, I'll get that long-term deal going? But when that time comes, you say, hey, you know, you're making, what, 16-plus million this year this relax a little bit. We'll take care of you after the season if you prove yourself. But I think the biggest thing for you guys right now is that this is taken care of. You can play football. Well, now that it's over and he's come in and signed this this franchise tender and is even considering a long-term deal, or at least has hinted at that, mm-hmm. 
guys like John Beeson, Jake DeLome, of course, the team leaders are going to step up. They're going to make a few statements and say, looking forward to having him here in camp this season and, and ready to play football come September. Do you think that there are teammates that are going to say that, the team leaders that say it because they have to, or do you think most of the time they're going to say it because they really mean it? I think it's a mix of both. I think a lot of guys really mean it. I think a lot of guys take the, the political angle and say what's best for the team, but it kind of goes back to what we are saying. You have to do what's best for the team. Um, you want to create drama. You never want to do that with one of your teammates. And if you don't agree with how much he's making or why he's not there, a lot of guys are real tight-lipped about that because they don't want to draw attention to themselves for being a negative teammate. They don't want to draw negative attention to the football team. So I don't think you're going to hear anything wrong about it, you know. And I mean, the guy's a tremendous football player. Um, having him with this team, even if it is for only one year, well, it gives you one year to win the championship now that you have this guy. So that's the bottom line. All right, now you did a, a list recently, speaking of defensive players, your list of the potential surprising players around the league. Mm-hmm. There are only five on the list, but there were no Panthers on there. Um, I'll, I'll throw you two names here and get your thoughts on these two guys. Since okay. we're, you know we're dealing with Julius Peppers, we'll kind of stick with that defensive line. But what do you think about Everett Brown and Charles Johnson? I think they're both solid players. I think Everett Brown, uh, you know, I, I work with Michael Lombardi at the Post, and we're pretty high on him. Um, just because he's a phenomenal athlete, um, and a lot of times those guys slip in the draft because they're just looked at as athletes, all right? Well, you know, as a rookie coming into the league, what I would want if I was coaching the team as a playmaker. I know I'm not going to get a guy that's going to be dependable every single play for 16 Sundays because they're rookies. I mean, I was a rookie. I wasn't dependable every play. Just make a lot of mistakes. You, you get lost, and, you know, I think, but with him, that's a guy you can say, well, you know, it's kind of give or take. You know, he's going to make some mistakes, but hey, this guy might make a lot of plays for us. Um, and a lot of people passed over him, and we moved up to get him, and there's a reason they did that. They don't see a lot in him, and I think he's going to be a good pick. I think he's going to be one of those guys you look, you know, you look back at come November and December and say, man, they really made a good deal trying to get this guy into a Panthers uniform because he's electric. And that's how defense is nowadays. You run to the football. You you play pursuit defense. You you can be, can be quick in, in the area you're supposed to cover, and that's what he can bring to that football team. And what are your feelings on uh, Charles Johnson? I think he's a guy that, I mean, I don't think as – I don't think anyone – coming in is going to be as exciting as Browns right now, but I think he's a guy that, you know, the team can work with, and I think he can make some plays, but still not more than, than Brown. I think Brown's going to be the real guy. I, I do. And, you know, I, I, some might say it's a big statement. I don't think it's a big statement. I just think, I mean, this was ever Brown was a guy that people had in the top ten in March, you know? I mean, we're not talking about a guy that's a fifth, sixth-round draft pick like I was. You know, you're hoping that can just cover kicks. This is a guy that was supposed to be a first-round pick and slipped. Um, there's many reasons for that. Um, people get on a, on the wrong side of a media wave, whatever it is, but that's beyond the fact that he's in their fancy uniform now. Well, and we're talking about one rookie um, in Everett Brown, and the league just held their rookie symposium, 
And I know that we blow up the negative a lot of times. That's what normally gets mentioned. Uh, Chris Carter is in the middle of, of giving a, a, a speech, and he sees some kid back there asleep. That, that brings up the question. When they have these symposiums, I mean, these, these are people, you know, these guys are, you know, 20, 21, 22 years old. Most of them are extremely young, probably very immature. In some cases, they are. Are they wasting their time having this symposium? I mean, are, are they getting through to these kids? Well, I think the point is, is that no, they're not getting through to all of them, but the hope is that I can get through to some of them. Because um, I went to it. I took it seriously. Uh, I wrote about it last week. Is when I was there, Marcus Allen got really upset. Um, she was talking about the history. A lot of guys didn't know it. Um, they the players. And that's just how it is. Uh, I wrote about it last week. These rookies now are getting, about getting paychecks. And I'm sorry to say that, but that's what it is. And the guys that came before them, you know, the great players of their time, I mean, the guys going way back, the Mike Dickas, the Dick Buckus, they don't care about those guys. They just don't. It, it's about making money and making plays. It's what a lot of these rookies think the league is about, and they'll get a pretty rough introduction because the point is, is they're playing for jobs that veterans are holding that support their families and support their lifestyles, whatever you want to talk about. This isn't college anymore. You're not on a scholarship. And there's a lot of guys that will go in one ear and out the other. Then there are some guys that will really take it to heart and say, you know, this guy who talked about finances, he really said something that, you know, I need to be aware of. You know, I didn't know you only get paid eight times, eight paychecks the whole calendar year. You get paid every two weeks in the season. That's it. You don't get paid in the off season. You don't get paid till you know, the second week of the season. Those rookies aren't getting paid right now outside of a bonus when they sign a contract. There's a lot of eye-opening things. Um, you know, when I start throwing around stats, you know, how long the average lifespan in the NFL is really about two and a half years. Uh, you can't make a living for the rest of your life after two and a half years. Um, that's the way, with some, the way some of these rookies spend their money. So there's a lot of things you can learn. There's a lot of things that are redundant if you've really studied up on the NFL. But there's also a lot of great speakers. There's, there's there's a wealth of knowledge there that you should pay attention to. But just like anything, any business outing, any corporate outing, people do not want to be there. It's just the reality of life. And I think we're now starting to see that rookies are more, present-time rookies are more interested in the glamour of the NFL than the history. Well, going back to when you played, I know that each week, you know, you've got film to watch, You you know, you've got, well, you've got a lot of meetings. You're going over what you're going to be doing to handle that next opponent. But when you guys, anytime that you faced John Fox, whether he was an assistant or the head coach here in Carolina, what were your thoughts? I mean, as a player, what were you thinking about having to prepare for his team? Did you did you view what they did as sort of vanilla, or did you did you see John Fox as a guy that was going to throw a wrinkle or two at you? Um, I didn't. To be honest, Coach Fox's team, <laughs> what I always thought had nothing to do with scheme. They're physical and they're prepared all the time. Um, their special team units were some of the most physical football players I've ever played against. Um, they covered kicks like their lives depended on it. Um, they hit on defense, and the receivers blocked. I mean, they played fundamental football. Um, you know, I, I played against Carolina a lot in my career. I mean, I had some... So I made some nice plays, and I also had a time when Steve Smith face masked me to the ground like I was, you know, a ten-year-old kid. So <laughs> physical, they're physical. He's always got a physical brain of football, and that's why I love playing against those guys because you knew after the game you're going to be 
feel like you just got beat to death, but you, you had to earn it. You had to earn it to beat the Panthers. I still think that is how it is today. That's why they run the ball so well. You know, teams that run the ball well in the NFL are real fundamentally and technically sound. They do the right things up front, and they play with a lot of you know physical nature behind each one of their hits. And that's the type of team you want to play against. You don't want to play against a team that's running the Wildcat and doing all this gimmick offense. You want to line up and play football, and you're going to get – your paycheck's worth. We're just talking about paychecks. You're going to make your money if you play against the Panthers. Looking ahead, and I know this is only July. You know, the middle of July is a terrible time to be making any picks, but nature of the beast. Let me hear your early picks for the Super Bowl and maybe one pick for a team that could be set for just a major fall this season. Major fall. I think early picks for the Super Bowl, I mean, uh, in the AFC, I like San Diego. Um, I like them a lot. Uh, I think they're going to have a breakout season. Um, but, you know, the AFC is tough. You have, you have, they're going to have to get through Pittsburgh, and they're going to have to get through New England, and Indy, and all the other big boys, too. But I like San Diego coming out of the AFC. And the NFC, um, I mean, there's a couple teams where I like. Now, I really like New Orleans with Greg Williams coaching the defense down there. I don't think you ever count out Philly and the Giants in the NFC. And... You know, if I had to pick a team that's going to have a major flaw, I think it's going to be the Arizona Cardinals. A lot of people will probably tell me I don't know what I'm talking about, but, you know, with Matt Hasselbeck being healthy in Seattle, a new coach, you know, a lot of different team rules, you know, new energy with Coach Mora, I think they're going to be, you know, the class of NFC West this year. And, you know, Arizona, they got a lot of distractions. they got the Anquan Bolden thing going on. they got a new running back. Um, their offensive coordinator is gone. There's a lot of changes anytime playing the Super Bowl. That's why so many, so many teams suffer the next year and they can't adapt to the adversity and adapt to the changes. And I think that's going to be the Cardinals this year. Once again, we uh, we appreciate you being with us. Again, that's uh, the nationalfootballpost.com. If, if you're a football fan, you've got to read this website, nationalfootballpost.com. Matt Bowen is our guest. Matt, again, thanks for joining us. No problem. Tell your listeners that uh, NFC South is going to come down to the last two weeks in December, there's going to be some good football there with Carolina, Atlanta, New Orleans, and Tampa's got a new coach. I mean, that's going to be a division to watch. Oh, we are looking forward to it. This is this ought to be um, this ought to be one of the best seasons in the division's history. I definitely agree. One of the most physical, too. Absolutely. Well, Matt, again, thanks for taking time to be with us. We really appreciate it. All right, anytime. We'll be back before you even know we're gone. There's more Cat Crave Radio coming up. Ranger Station. Yeah, hi. I'd like to report a bear sighting in the forest. Uh-huh. One second, I'm having a smoke. Next thing I know, I'm face-to-face with Smokey Bear. Wow. And he told me it only takes one spark to start a wildfire. Did you know nine out of ten wildfires are caused by humans? I had no idea. That's why Smokey's famous and you're not. Get your Smokey on. If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. You have searched for the best the Internet can provide. Well, as long as you're here, you may as well stay a while. Welcome back to Cat Crave Radio. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, John White. Hey, be sure to stop in and say hello to our sponsors at FantasyCPR.com. If you're planning to get into some fantasy football this season, there is no reason to go into it without every intention of dominating your league. All the latest player information and analysis is available for you at FantasyCPR.com. 
gmail.com. You know, sometimes the emails they get are pretty funny. Feedback can be a, a big adventure, to say the least. Most often I hear from people who tell me they either really like something or they don't like something. One thing in particular that I can do here that can always seem to elicit some response is to play a clip from a guy who, well, I guess is one of the most reviled sports broadcasters out there. So what do I do? Yep, I do it again. I'm the women, the children, and Chris Chandler. The Atlanta Falcons are going to win nine-plus games in back-to-back seasons for the first time in franchise history. I think Tom Dimitrov has become one of the best executives in pro football. Take a look at that Tony Gonzalez trade. Think about what Tony Gonzalez is, one of the best tight ends as a receiver at that position in the history of the NFL. And he's not a Hall of Famer to be who's resting on his laurels. He's going to catch close to 100 balls from Matt Ryan this year and score 10 touchdowns. Think about how Matt Ryan's about to take that step in terms of his ability to dominate a game. Give him all the credit in the world for his neophyte campaign, but he was more of a game manager. I think he becomes more of an explosive ball player now with Tony Gonzalez on board. And with all the attention that Gonzalez commands in the middle of the field, it's going to make Ronnie White that much better at the wide receiver position. Talking to Tom Dimitrov recently, he told me that he was stunned when he took over now a couple of off-seasons ago in Atlanta, all the criticism the offensive line was getting. Well, I was one of those guys who criticized the Falcons' offensive line, and last year I was dead wrong. Sam Baker and company did an excellent job, and that offensive line is very cohesive, and they return all the starters up front. Michael Turner, sensational running back, 1,700 yards, 20 touchdowns. You can lock that in. And in terms of the defense, sure, I think the defensive backfield could keep them out of the playoffs when it's all said and done. But the front seven is vastly improved, and the Atlanta Falcons will win at least nine games. You can book it for the 2009 season. Matt Ryan's improvement and getting Tony Gonzalez the big difference in Atlanta. After everything we've heard from The Shine, it sure sounds like he's loving him some Falcons, doesn't it? I got no problem with that. I also have no problem with his recent comments about the Panthers' selection of Everett Brown in the draft. All right, his voice is a lot like fingernails on the chalkboard, isn't it? But at least we can give him credit for speaking his mind and never holding anything back, right? Okay, all right, I'll keep a close watch on the inbox this week. The email address is catcraveradio at gmail.com. Feel free to send your Adam Shine hate emails to me anytime this week. I'll check them out. I want to thank Matt Bowen for being with us this week. Matt's latest material can be found at the site that is a must-read for any serious football fan. That's the nationalfootballpost.com. And my thanks to Joe Dankster for joining us to talk a little fantasy football. He can be found at fantasycpr.com. And as you know, we've moved. Our new home here at catcraveradio.com is a testament to everyone who has helped us to make this show what it is. This was only possible because of our devoted listeners. My sincere thanks to all of you. I also want to thank Zach Best of Fansided.com for all of his hard work in putting this thing together and making it look so incredible. Zach, you rock. I'm John White. Thanks again for listening. We hope to be back inside of your listening device next week with another edition of Cat Crave Radio. In a world dominated by media giants and conglomerates, there is a little show that dares to reach for greatness. And we promise to keep reaching as long as there's someone listening. 
never fear, CCR will return. Your Panthers crew will return in one week with another assault on the World Wide Web. All material, copyright 2009, Cat Crave Radio. Stand and cheer for the Panthers in our grand old day. Nothing could be finer than to be in Carolina.